Good Evans, it's the Bobcast. Welcome to episode 40. I'm your host, Bob Evans. Some people call me Kevin Mitchell. Hi, welcome. How are you going? I'm feeling pretty good, thanks for asking. Um, as those of you who listen to the podcast will know, I live in Victoria in Australia and we're now officially or unofficially COVID free. So, no new infections for a month. There's no one in hospital with the virus. It's amazing. As a result, there is definitely a very tangible sense of optimism and positivity going around where I live. And I feel like the rest of Australia might be feeling that too. And it all just points to a light at the end of the tunnel and a reason to be hopeful and optimistic and make plans. Remember plans? Uh, So, um, quick plugs. I'm playing my first shows in almost a year in Queenscliff, Victoria at a place called the Pelican Bar playing three shows in one day which i've never done before two of which have sold out but one still has tickets left and that one starts at 3 p.m it's a dinner show so you buy a ticket you sit down you eat and drink and be merry i perform and then you leave it's different but that's fine baby steps the wheels are back in motion and you know whilst it might feel a bit weird at first we're headed in the right direction anyway ticks are available from my website bobevans.com.au I released my brand new song called Born Yesterday last week if you've heard it I hope you like it Um, I've really been enjoying the response that I've been getting for the song the new album doesn't come out till next year but this is the opening track from the record and it's a song that I love I'm really really proud of it Um, you can check out the clip on YouTube you can stream it you can even you can buy it uh, do people still do that? Um, there's a Spotify playlist, a good Evans. It's a Bobcast soundtrack Spotify playlist where all the songs that my guests uh, choose uh, can be found if you want to hear the full tracks that they talk about. You can also email me at goodevansbobcast at gmail.com. So my guest on episode 40 is Patience Hodgson, lead singer of Brisbane band The Greats. Um, Patience is someone that I've I've known for many years, and you know she's a incredibly she's an open book. Patience is an open book. Um, she's got a big, warm, open heart, and she's very candid, and I love that about her. She's also incredibly funny, <laughs> and. This podcast is definitely one of the most hilarious ones I think that's um, I've ever had the pleasure of making. Um, she's also whip smart too. She's a smart, funny, warm, generous, lovely human being, and I really appreciate her giving her time to me to be on this podcast. Um, I had a lot of fun making it. I hope you do too. I, I must mention that there's. A lot of adult content that happens, uh, particularly at the tail end of this podcast, um, which is very enjoyable. But, you know, I, I'd hope by now I don't need to say that, you know, if swearing or, or um, subjects of an adult nature are things that you don't want to listen to, then this probably isn't the podcast for you. This episode definitely isn't. <laughs> but um, it's a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it. Um, so let's have a listen. This is uh, episode 40 of Good Evans. It's a Bobcast. 
Welcome to the Bobcast, Patience Hodgson. Now, hang on. Oh, this is a terrible... I should start before I start. Your surname's pronounced Hodgson, right? Not Hodgson. No, this is... this. We actually... This is a very important thing for us to discuss, okay? Because... <laughs> <laughs> because I grew up my whole life thinking it was Patience Hodson. Yeah. Like, and that's how I've said it. And it's got a G in it. It's H-O-D-G-S-O-N. Yeah. And one time I was looking at my parents and this, I'm not kidding you, my mum was facing north, my dad was facing south. And I said, um, my dad had always said the name had a silent G. And I was like, that just seems so strange that you'd have a silent letter in the middle of your name. I mean, but, I mean, but, I mean, look, it's not un- – you know, the English language, uh, the silent letters aren't uncommon. So totally. I- but right in the middle, like H-O-D, silent <laughs> S-O-N, like G, silent G-S-O-N. I just felt – you know, I said to them, is it pronounced Hodson and the G is silent? And my mum looks up like with this look on her face like, no. Like, what are you talking about, you crazy person? <laughs> and my dad just nods his head. Yes. <laughs> so what is it? So is it Hodson or Hodgson? I've recently, I'm 37. And yep. this year in 2020, I've started saying Hodgson for the okay. first time in my okay. goddamn life. So it's Patience Hodgson. Yeah, I'm on now. This is what okay. I say. I don't say Patience Hodgson any longer. I say Patience Hodgson. It's quite I've changed. Un- it's quite unusual for somebody to like to um, to have this kind of fluid relationship with the pronunciation of their yeah. surname. Yeah, but I'm but sorry, I everyone. Su- I'm drinking a beer as well. Yes, um, please do. I hope I'm ha- you are. As I'm having well, a. But I'm having a wine, a red wine. Great. Is I'm having a like a super low alcohol beer. This is okay. like these are responsible. This is what I get into these yep. days. I'm like really into a low alcohol beer. I found one the other day, and it's only um like each beer. It's by Stone and Wood, so it's like legit. But each beer is only point eight of a drink. <laughs> point eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a light beer. It's a, you know what I've noticed that's, a lot that's of so light. That's, that's a really light. So beer. Yeah. light. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've definitely noticed a lot more recently um, the the pretty much the zero alcohol beers um, that you can mm. buy in the shops as well as the bottle shops. But yeah, just so like at Coles and Woolies, which clearly are marketed. I'm gonna just gonna go out in a whim and say they're marketed at pregnant women. No, no, no. Nah, nah. I reckon it's the opposite. I reckon you're going wrong end to the market. Really? It's their um yeah they're aimed at their. So I actually met a dude, a famous dude, a comedian. Yeah. The other week I was doing music trivia with him and he was drinking zero alcohol beer. I think they're for dudes who need something. They need something. And they and for some reason <laughs> rocking up with zero alcohol beer is preferable than going rocking up with nothing. Yeah, see I'd, this- I'd struggle. I'd struggle with that because look, I I enjoy a beer, but I'm not sure that I could enjoy a zero alcohol beer. I think I'd probably just no, rather drink soft drink or something. Me too. Like for me personally, it's more about me showing up. You right. know, I'm like, I, I come here and I've got, I'd prefer to go empty handed. I know that sounds, that sounds terrible, but I just would. <laughs> I'd prefer to go empty handed. I'd prefer to just take nothing than zero alcohol beer. So, but I am, <laughs> I'm not much off zero alcohol beer. So, who am I to talk? I'm at, I'm sitting at point eight of a standard drink per beer. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Who's that a, for? That's, that's for me. 
It's <laughs> definitely it's definitely no 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 beer or alcohol judgment going on in this no. podcast. And no. I can no. say Sorry. rarely rarely have I ever done one of these with a beer. Most of the time it is, you know, with a red wine. I find beer and look, you know, we should move on this past this subject quickly, but I just want to say that beer, I don't know, like I've always and you might relate to this being a singer, like mm. I, I could never sing after drinking beers because it had just there was too much kind of like upper upper there's not like gas, but not not bum gas, but like upper mm. kind of chest kind of gas, mm. just like I'd get the hiccups or, you know, and I found it really difficult to sing. You might have sing. changed my life. Really? You know, maybe this is what I, yeah, because I always drink beer mm. before going on stage, but not many, you know, mm. like one, one or two. I was actually, you know, I did, I sung on the weekend and I was talking to some musicians that I feel like they're very famous and they look very straight. And right. then I said something about, oh, before I go on stage, you know, this is – this because I was only just doing – it was a fundraiser, so I just sung two songs. So I had a couple of beers. I said, that's unlike me. I'd normally only just have one beer. And they were like, yeah. what? We have like eight. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> this is insane to me. Like, because, you, you know, I always felt like I would – you know, I was a bit wilder. And I'm not even wild, but I'm like, you guys, you blokes are the two straightest men I could have imagined. Like, I thought they were teetotalers, let alone they just looked at me, you know. Anyways, yes, lots of, um, lots of. I, I do love beers. I might even have to talk about beer again in the future because that's that's part of one of the stories that I've got going on here with my three songs that I've chosen. My three, oh, okay. My coronavirus soundtrack can we officially call it please can we officially call it the coronavirus like my coronavirus or my lockdown songs okay my lockdown ah songs. awesome okay no i like that's an excellent theme and um and we we let's 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 get to let's get to the uh the songs later i i want to i want to talk okay okay but can i tell you what it what it is in reality though bob evans kevin mitchell yeah in reality, it's also um, my rebound soundtrack. <laughs> okay. So, but officially, we're going to call it my lockdown. But unofficially, it's rebound. Rebound. So I just, okay. I just Look, wanted you to know that. That's an awesome sounding theme. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> let's. I want to talk. Uh, let's let's talk twenty twenty. Okay. Let's talk twenty twenty right. because. And, and, you know, obviously we, we spoke to each other on the phone last week and, you know, the, we did. I, and, you know, we, 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 we shared, we shared things. And, um, and so, you know, I just want to preface this by saying it, don't feel any pressure to talk about anything that you don't want to talk about. This is Thank not a, you. I'm not, I'm not fucking Andrew Denton. This isn't, uh, you I know, wish enough you were. Rope. Oh man, he could get some, <laughs> he could get some secrets out of me that man. I don't, yeah, so I'm not looking for scoops. <laughs> you scoot. win an award. <laughs> but how how have you managed? How have you managed in twenty twenty? I mean, we're all, we're we're getting towards the end of the year yeah. now. Um, everyone's been through a, a lot, to say the least. Yeah. What? How has twenty twenty been for you? What? You know, how has the whole uh, virus thing it's been, kind of affected everything in your life? And yeah, well, how- differently to you. So because I'm in Brisbane, you're in Melbourne. I'm in Brisbane. Let's face it, Brisbane, Brisbane's barely even had the virus. Let's face yeah. it. You yeah. know. We got to be. We got to acknowledge that. So, my experience of you know, COVID nineteen, and I just keep calling it COVID, which is hilarious because I I, I, I 
at the start, I was listening to a lot of um, Martin Swan. He's, you know, that he's from Edinburgh. He's Scottish, but he lives in Australia, and he's like the ABC's medical journalist, like a right. medical reporter. Yeah. And because he's Scottish, I don't know what it is, but he calls it COVID. So I walk around in Queensland. <laughs> that was my, that was the worst attempt at a Scottish accent in here. COVID, COVID, COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen. Just like COVID nineteen. Yeah, I'm just like you know, every people just shun away from me up here when I'm like COVID this, COVID that. No, it's like COVID patients, COVID. Yeah, so I'm I'm up here. So COVID nineteen. Has been, you know, it's been very different up here for me. And then this year was weird. So this year was my, this year I like, so people probably, some people will know that I, me from the band The Greats that I did with my partner for like, you know, 15 years kind of thing. Yeah. And we were, we weren't high school sweethearts as per se, but I will tell you that I did fall in love with John from the second I saw him. Wow. I remember I remember when I um, first met John and Alana, I loved them both. I actually fell in love with them both. Mm-hmm. But, you know, John particularly because you know, if Alana was male, I'd probably fall in love with her as well. I am like <laughs> toxically heterosexual. <laughs> I'm trying to work on that. <laughs> I'm fucking toxically heterosexual. It's an issue. I'm, um, you know, I'll work through it. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, but when I first met them, I just, I fell in love with them both. And like day one, I said to Alana, John had walked off and I was like, does he have a girlfriend? And she was like, no, why do you like him? And I was like, no, no, no reason. <laughs> like just trying to act cool. But then just went on to be in love with both of them and but in love with John for many years after that. So this year, 2020, so we've been together, oh, geez, for a really long time now, since like 14 years, 15 years, 15 years on the books. And then I met him when right. I was 16, 15 or 16, and wow. I'm 37. So it's been wow. so it's been an epic stretch. And, um, yeah, so well, you, you guys separated. kind of kept it. You guys kept it on the download, though, didn't you? For- we did. Like what mm. was there? I mean, obviously, there must have you must have felt quite a lot of pressure with the band, like just making that a public thing. Explain that. Yeah, it was it was complicated. So, in the very beginning, when we first got together, I remember that as well. We were we were meeting with Universal in, you know, so we had this big meeting with Universal, the record label. Yeah, um, in Los Angeles, so we we're at this like amazing um, Mexican restaurant, and we were talking to this guy who was like huge in Universal and his personal assistant. And then John like put his hand on my leg, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is happening!" But he'd only recently broken up with his girlfriend, and right. I think I'd broken up with my girlfriend, my boyfriend, some time before then, and. Yeah, and I think we both sort of knew it might be a problem with Alana. Yeah. And I don't think – we were so young. Like, we're only 22, which – Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're 22, it makes you feel super old. And then when you're actually older, you're like, oh, you're 22. Yeah, you're no kids. wonder why you made that decision. You're yeah, a child. You're, you're a kids. baby. And also, too, yeah. within the dynamic of being in a band, you know – Yeah. Well, in your case, it's a three-piece band. And whether No matter how many members, I, I guess it would still be complicated. But maybe in a three-piece band, maybe more so. But, um, but yeah, I can understand how that would um, – yeah, how that would just put – because I guess it would make you question, like, if you've got some this group of people and things are going really well, like, 
uh, maybe there was like a, the worry that you don't want to do anything that might kind of disrupt yep. the dynamic of the group. Yep. I'm guessing. Yeah, a hundred that completely, hundred yeah. percent. And then on top of that, I think there was also these underlying things where, um, you know, it, like it had been brought up a couple of times in John's relationship in the past, like he, you know, where there was like a little accusations where she was like, "You like patience," and he was like, "No, I don't." And then <laughs> it was just like, "Oh shit!" Now you know, I guess yeah, that kind yeah. of is, you know. Uh, it, you know, even though I've got no doubt, he probably didn't when they were together, but or whatever that you know, whatever that was. So I think there was like also that, you know, him coming so fresh out of a relationship, and then us, yeah, both worrying about the dynamic of the bandwidth on Lana because really funnily, and I think I can say this probably, I think Alana and I would have a big laugh over it now because we actually speak all the time, which is a gorgeous thing. Excellent. I love my relationship with Alana that we can still, because she lives in America. She lives in Queens. She's like, she's had a 2020, let me tell you. Oh my God. Brand new baby (laughs) locked down in New York City. And um, so she's, she said, it was so funny. She must've been picking up on vibes. But then, so she said, if you guys ever got together, I'd quit the band. Oh, so we were shit. like, Ugh, okay. Classic. Yeah. So we just had this like relationship in secret for ages, which also, mm. you know, quite fun. Right. How good's yeah. a secret relationship? I don't um, know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> but tell me. <laughs> tell. Me. Well, tell you know, tell. it's always a little bit naughty. It's always like, ooh, walking on fire, you know. Ugh. And um, somebody, I did. You know, I had a long a distance. I had a long distance relationship. That's the only. Oh, I didn't have a secret okay. relationship, but I had a long distance relationship for a lot of years, and that was, you know, different, of course. But I guess maybe another thing of like how it can kind of, you know, keep the fires burning, so to speak. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh well, that's proven, by the way. That's like been a proven thing. Long distance relationships keep the honeymoon stage. For the longest, like yeah. the more you have, the more time you spend together, the more the more you use up those chemicals. Right, <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. like those those early new relationship, you know, chemicals. Yeah, but um, yeah. So she, you know, it was like you know, we'd always be sharing rooms. So it'd be like Alana has a shower and be like, oh, quick, make out, you know. Wow. Um, <laughs> dangerous stuff. <laughs> dangerous stuff. <laughs> and, wow. Um, and so eventually, though, it was really funny. We were hanging out in New York City. And I can't believe this. One day we were just, we went for a walk in New York City. I remember I had a cob salad that day and it was bloody delicious. And you don't get yeah. cob salads in Australia, hey, but fuck, they're good. What, hang on, what, so, is, what, um, what's, what is a, co- what a cob, cob salad? Cob salad is just like, it's an everything salad. There's just so much going on in it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's in there, and then it's got like a creamy dressing. So you're just like you beauty. Yeah, nice. <laughs> this is this is five thousand calories. This is why it's so good. <laughs> it's not like a normal salad. It's like a you know a this the burger of the salad world right. sort of thing. And I yes. remember I had one for the first time, and I was like amazing. Yeah. But our publicist caught us holding hands walking across, you know, a traffic like like uh, like a traffic crossing. Mm. I don't know, like Abbey Road style. Like she was sitting in the cab, <laughs> and she was like. This, so we get back to our shared hotel room, and we and I remember we walked in, and it was really dark, and Alana was just in there, and she was like, "Well, I received an interesting phone call today." And we're like, "Oh yeah," and she was like, "You guys are in a relationship," and then we oh, were like, shit. "Caught, sprung." Oh shit! 
And it was like, um, and then there was a meeting called by our management and us. Oh. And we went to Applebee's and they were all like, what's going on? Oh, man. And it was just a hectic. It was so hectic, this meeting we had at Applebee's. And I don't know. I just couldn't deal with the shame. I just remember sitting there just like, I don't know. I just felt so full of shame. Why? Over this why? Whole thing. Why? Why shame? But I think it was shame because of the concealment, not because of the actual love. Like it was shame because of the concealment, and yeah. that and that for some reason we thought that can like in our immature brains we thought concealing it somehow was better than being but, honest. Yeah, and but open. still, I mean, like, I mean, look, it raises a lot of kind of questions for me, like because it's. Like it's still your private life and your private relationship, and how you choose to go about that is should completely be up to you. I mean, I guess it's, it's interesting. I guess take. Yeah, you, you think really? Yeah, I mean, I've never thought about it like that. I've never taken that approach to that. I was always like, no, we're in the band, and we're in, you know. But this is the problem. See, I a band, a band is like a traveling little family. And, it is. And, and that's where, you know, like, I know with Jeb's, you know, like, well, the drummer in Jebediah is my family anyway. Um, and then Ness and Chris, best mates. And, and, like, our relationship is far closer to a family relationship than it is to a bunch of mates. Um, yeah. And that, and that develops very quickly. I mean, it only takes a few years of touring. And that's the other thing, too, when I, you know, I've spoken to a few uh, musicians. I was speaking to actually Sarah McLeod on a podcast a while ago. Similar experience for her. Um, and, the, like, the thing is, like, when you're in a band and you're traveling all the time and you're making music together, it's a very close and intense relationship. You're vulnerable. and yeah. And if the band's going well, you're doing this really exciting thing together. I mean, it makes total sense that that kind of stuff can happen, right? And I mean, oh, but right? I mean, you're not. It it's not like you're politi- It's not like you're politicians. It's not like the you know you like need to. I don't know. I just I don't know like how much you need to feel like you have to defend your own kind of private. Decisions, but I, look. Once you're in that family environment, then I guess it's different rules, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it is, and I always felt like we were like a unit, like a little army. Yeah. You know, like I loved that we were that band, and I think Jeb's are probably the same. Where you guys probably go to the airport, and then you all sit together. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You sit together at the airport. You sort of do that. You board at the same time. And there's so many. It's so funny to me when I see these bands. You know, it's like they get to the airport and they're like, peace. And they just go their separate ways. Like yeah. everyone's just doing their own thing. Yeah, get the like, fuck what? out of each other's hair. I know. We were even, Jeb's were even worse than that in the early years. Obviously, we all live in, we we're all kind of spread out around the place now. But um, in the early years of touring, you know, we all lived in Perth and we all had the same kind of group of friends as well. So we'd go off on tour and then we'd come home and then we'd see each other like, we'd all see each other the next weekend, like That's at the, the pub or the bar. We'd like, we were we lived in each other's pockets for years. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's um, the greats. That was us too with Alana. Yeah. We just literally we we just spent years all of us together. And same with like I know we've got Saya um, from Second In and Saya who's got her own podcast. Like yep. we've got her as a mutual friend, and I know it was the same for Second In. Yes. You know because Saya and and um, oh and her brother I've just Mirko. You know they're 
Oh, uh, yeah. Their brother oh, that, and sister. That was next level. She, <coughs> yeah. That was next level because they're brother <laughs> and sister. And then she started dating Simon. So yes. It was just like so brother and boyfriend same. in the same band. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But, yeah, that, that is taking it to the next level. Sayer, if you're listening, <laughs> well done for getting through well that. Well done because you guys are all best friends and still together. Like, good on you guys. You got it right. You totally got it right. But, yeah, they're next level. But, yeah, definitely all all together and – yeah, we had the same friends, did that same thing. But that was that was us in the early days. And then but eventually it was actually quite funny. So John so we went on and we sort of did the album and everyone knew we were going out and and then weirdly we like we broke up. We broke up and and I was like super devastated. And I went to my friend's house in Los Angeles and she was like, We're we're gonna go, like we'll go to Venice Beach. And at Venice Beach, for some reason, I saw a fortune teller and she looked like a normal grandma. Like she was wearing this really conservative outfit. And I was like, I'm getting my tarot's read by this lady. Yeah. And whatever it is, she did a great job. There was a man with one foot in the sand, one foot in the ocean, and I'm like, Oh, that's John. And then she goes, <laughs> Go to Small World Books and get this book called The Passion Trap and just read it and good luck to you. I was like, okay. So I went and I got this book called The Passion Trap and I loved it and I read it on tour heaps. We had this gap. Um, I think we'd recorded the album with Peter Cadis and it was like our debut album. Yeah. And then we had a gap where we did lots of touring and I think we toured with the Go team. Ah, and then yeah. We, love that. Yeah. Love that band. Great, great band. And another band called Smoosh. Uh, who were just like actual children, like they were like, I'm not kidding. They were like 10, they were like eight and 10. <laughs> I love that I'm like children, but they're actual children, like eight and 10. Like they were tiny babies, they're tiny, tiny babies. And um, I read this book and one of the things, what I, I decided to do this, um, I like, we got, to, we got to Seattle and we were staying at this Travelodge and I decided, I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do now. I sent myself flowers and, I'm, and I like made it up like this, this um, that they were sent from the sky and, you know, that didn't exist and I was just sending them to myself Was and that I got my friend to help me. Was that something that the book inspired you to do? <laughs> yeah, it was just okay. like, if you ever want them back, you need to live your best life. You can't go around moping and being sad. Ooh, as if anyone wants to get back together with some like sad uggo who's not taking care of themselves. <laughs> Live your best life and then make it look like people are actually interested in you. And I was like, shit, yeah, okay. I'm not going to like wallow and be sad. I'm going to live my best life. And I did. You know, it was easy because we're in the band. Who who was your imaginary? I think it was like a guy called Jason and Jason. you know and Jason Good classic Jace. Jason and Jace. and it was and I, and I think Jace. I wrote something like um, thank you know that was really fun <laughs> going on that motorbike ride with you. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh Jace. <laughs> like I'm so, like yeah, this guy Jason took me out on a motorcycle ride. Like I didn't say that ever, but I you know I I wrote it on the card to like myself. Like and I just can't wait for you to come back to Los Angeles again and all <laughs> this junk. And it arrived, and this is the best part. It arrived at this hotel, and Alana answered the door, and she was seeing this guy at the time. I think his name was Ed Jerkin the third. What he was six. Uh, yeah, he's six eight, and his name is Ed Jerkin the Third. I'm pretty Ed sure that's Ed Jerkin the Third. Yeah, he's, wow. he's a special guy, quite an exceptional character, and um, 
Yeah, so she thought they were for her, which just made everything so much better and worse because <laughs> she got these she got these this bouquet of flowers. Oh Jesus Christ. She was like She's like, amazing. Oh, my God. Ed sent me these flowers. She's so happy. And then I'm like, yeah, this is so amazing. And then she opens it up and she's like, Jason. Devastated. These are for you. And then, you know, I had to pretend. Like, I'm like, what? This is crazy. I thought they were from Ed. And she was just like super sad. And, um, And then, you know, I just made sure John knew about it. And then eventually, I think it was around December that year, we got back together again and he like knocked on my front door one day and I was living with my uncle and there was no furniture because my uncle was halfway through moving out. And um, and then when we told everyone, we're like, hey, we're back together, it was like everyone was really excited. And I remember there was like champagne was getting popped and it was crazy. Yeah. It was a totally different experience from that very first time, you know, six months earlier. Is it possible and that is it possible that like after the breakup that maybe everybody felt like it was more awkward then than it was before and so getting back together maybe was the better of the, the better yeah. situation Yeah <laughs> something even though it wasn't it didn't feel awkward at the time Okay like I remember feeling really good you know at the time like I remember being sad and stuff but it didn't really affect the shows and it didn't affect – we're all still driving around in the same tour van. Like, we weren't arguing or doing anything like that. And we still, like, were working on the album. And um, and I remember I started seeing a psychologist, like, over the telephone, um, which is what I do in any time of, like, hardcore stress. I'm like, yeah. get me a psychologist. And I find yeah. a psychologist and it was a beautiful that's, psychologist. That's good. That's, so I, that's yeah. a very positive, positive thing to do. Oh, I've just done it my whole life. Like, because I know um, some people know, some people don't know, but I'm like, I'm, I, every, I have this, when it comes to anyone who's seen me on stage, so many people think that I'm like on drugs all the time. <laughs> I'm like, what drugs is she yeah, on? Yeah. And I'm like, none. I'm <laughs> just too anxious to be on drugs. Yeah. And then. Yeah, so I like I smoked weed when I was sixteen a few times and started having Ugh. panic attacks. But well, I was it's like, well, it's like Jebediah, the first the first big Jebediah song that people yeah. knew was about yes. smoking weed. So yeah. for the so for the next freaking twenty years after that, yes. everyone just assumed that I smoked weed, and I was just like, right, like I I gave that a shot for a couple of years, and then I was done. <laughs> like I was <laughs> so done, I couldn't take it. Oh, and it always so used to disapp- it always disappoints people, you know. And like even it, this this has gone on for twenty years, even to this day. Somebody will like be, hey, you know, you want to speak a joint? I'm like, like, nah, no way. And they're just like, what? And they're so disappointed. Leon plays a scam. They're so disappointed. Weed because of you. <laughs> <laughs> you taught me to love weed. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a crack, <laughs> but I gave it a crack. It didn't work for me. And then I remember I took myself to my school counsellor who was like a failed psychologist or, you know, thank God she was amazing. And I was like, yo, I've just like, I've given myself like weed induced um, schizophrenia and you're going to have to break it to my parents. And she was like, wrong. Let's discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody with schizophrenia walks in with the, like, you know, uh, yeah. This directly and goes, hi, I've um, 
got weed induced, marijuana induced, schizophrenia. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to help me break it to my folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was like, "Nah, you're nah. Let's discuss." And then that's when she was like, "Oh, it sounds like you're having a panic attack." But I would. I got like PTSD, like for real from it. Oh, For no. years, every time I smoked, every time I would smell weed, yeah, my heart would race and I would yeah, start yeah. stressing immediately. Yep, and it just took. It's taken like twenty years for me to not get stressed by the smell of weed now. Yeah, and yeah, even look- now it's still not completely gone. But I'm just like, you know, I mean, it's so much better. It's crazy. Yeah, but, and I can't even remember. I was going with this weed and the story, and you know, the early days. But doesn't matter. Let's talk about growing up. Now, the little that I do know about your upbringing, it seems a little bit different to mine. Um, prob- my upbringing is prob- sounds like it's probably a little bit more conservative to yours. You, uh, your parents, like, did you grow up living on the island that your parents live on? Or- no. Okay. Well, no. let's let's go back to let's go back to growing up then. Tell us about that. Yes. Oh, I'd love to tell you about that. (laughs) So growing up, so yeah, no, my growing up story is a funny one because I found out from one of my favorite like popular um, psychologists or psychoanalysis, whatever, analysts, um, Esther Perel, she's she's my girl. She's given me a lot of good listening content that there's this thing called one of the fastest growing relationship styles in Europe is called LAT and it's living apart together. Oh, yeah. Yep. Pardon me. And my parents did that. Right. That's what they did. So, I don't know. I feel like I was around nine maybe and my – maybe even a little bit younger. So, my my parents – yeah, so my my dad moved in with his his mum and his brother and sort of lived in this granny flat downstairs – and, um, yeah, so they did living apart together. So they were still together, but my dad would only come around on the weekends and then maybe you'd drop in during the week and stuff. But really it was just like, you know, school days just with mum and maybe dad might come around on a Wednesday, maybe he might, you know, come for dinner, but he wouldn't sleep over. Yeah. And then he'd sleep over like Friday, Saturday nights, maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday night if it was like, you know, a big weekend. But normally mm. always Friday, Saturday night and then – most weeks or half the weeks, you know, one dinner in the weeknight. So they mm. did that pretty early on. And I had a little sister at that stage as well. And I grew up in a housing commission in Wynnum West in a cul-de-sac, which I loved. So there was all just tons of kids everywhere. And I used to come home from school and go like rollerblading every afternoon. Like I just get home. I do not even remember doing homework once, honestly. <laughs> I have yeah. no memories of doing homework as a primary school kid and I just get home and just like whip my clothes off and jump into like bike shorts and get out there on the rollerblades <laughs> and just sort of and rollerblade and then we had tons of guinea pigs so there was like we had like 47 guinea pigs at one stage because the, the kid next door his name was Christian and he was older than me and he was going to uni and he was like we had one guinea pig I think. And then he once leaned over the fence and was like, hey, Sylvia, we're going to kill seven guinea pigs this week. Do you want them? And of course, my mum is like, yes, we will take them. Are they all girls? And they were like, yeah. Why were they going to kill seven guinea pigs? But, I don't know. They were doing tests on them at UQ, <gasps> like at the University of Queensland. Because that would have been I mean, my first question. Just personally, that would have been my 90s. first question. 
No, it's the 90s, you know. I reckon these days they couldn't get away with it as much. But in the 90s, like, fuck, they're just, like, going to murder him. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so we took all these guinea pigs. And, of course, one was a dude secretly. I reckon my mum knew, like, that would be, up, you know, classic Sylvia to pretend that they're all girls and just see what <laughs> happened. If you knew my mum, you'd know this is my mum. And um, she couldn't bear the idea of getting rid of the boy, you know. And she's always got animals that have like one litter. <laughs> you know that lady that's like, just let her have one litter and then we're going to do sex. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, classic mummy, just let them all have one litter. And we had like 47 guinea pigs by the end of this. It was oh. crazy. And there was lots of kids in the street and lots of drama because it's like housing commission and it's a cul-de-sac. But for the most part, for years, it was perfect. But there was a stage when the house across from us moved out and we had these people move in and then they were really – the husband was like a real perfectionist and had a boat and stuff and, yeah, things went crazy after that. Like the dynamic of the street totally changed. But my mum would organise for a Lions Club Santa to come every year and and then they would hire this sleigh and, it, and you know, my mum would get – put it out and to all the kids in the housing commission estate because it wasn't like an estate Mm. tell everyone and be like you know bring a present and then end up buying presents as well because you know not everyone would get you should always need extra gifts because some kids just would come without gifts and then we'd have like santa claus on christmas eve giving out presents every year it was really i don't know it was really good it was it was beautiful i loved growing up in the cul-de-sac and yeah and then back when we had all the guinea pigs I used to go and chop all the grass down and that's when I found this house that was like this really rich house that had this major swing out the front and I always laugh now because we'd like trek down to this house and I can't even imagine letting my kids do it now <laughs> and, and and there'd be like a house cleaner there and then we'd swing on the swing and just have fun and then occasionally the dude who owned it would be there and Nothing sinister ever happened, but, you know, I don't know. It's just like a totally different world. It was like free range. It was, I was totally free ranging in the Housing Commission of Wynnum. And we moved to Maclay Island when I was, oh, it was the end of grade eight. So grade eight was when I thrived. Like I said, I hadn't done anything academic at all, whatever, in primary school. Yeah. When I went to grade eight, I went to the worst school in the district. Like on my orientation day, a rock got thrown through the window and it like <laughs> smashed the window and bounced across everyone's desks. Welcome to high and school. I was like, welcome to high school. And it was like, you know, oh, it was like, it was just, it was, it was bad. It was a bad school. But I think I had this reaction because the school was so bad. I just sought out the. I just sought out this beautiful. Like I sought out the one nice girl, Ellen, and she was the smartest girl in mm. school. And I was like, "That's that's my girl. There she is. This is so yeah." I just and then my grades just you know I ended up getting a bronze medal for academic achievement in grade eight, which is crazy. Wow! And yeah, I, was- I think it was just. My reaction to going to a school that scared the shit out of me was like, I'm just going to study hard and keep my head down and hang out with this nerd. And that was it. That's all I did. And then no one in my family could believe it. They're like, what? You got an <laughs> academic medal? Like, what? But that was the beauty of my parents as well is they never cared about my grades. I remember I used to get report cards and my dad would just go, he would say, like, this is the quote, are you happy, baby? And I'd go, <laughs> 
yeah, dad. And he'd be like, all right then. And that'd be it. He wouldn't even look at my grandma. So <laughs> lots, of, lots of good parts growing up. And then moved to Maclay and they did the living apart together again where, you know, my dad lived on the mainland and worked and my mum lived over there with the baby and eventually, like, sorry, my mum lived over there and eventually got pregnant when I was 16 and had my little brother. So right. I've got four siblings and there's eight year gaps between all of us. Wow. Okay. So my mum had four kids over 24 years. Wow. And... It's just an experiment in parenting because I feel like we all got a different set of parents. Yeah, If that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah. It's totally I, different by the time, you know, every time a 16-year-old rolls around, it's a different set of parents. And when did music come in? When did music kind of come into your life and start to, you know, ignite your interest? The very first bit of, like, musical acknowledgement I have is actually when – Reality Bites soundtrack came out and there was oh, that yeah. Lisa Loeb song and it's like, you say you only feel what I want, want to. to. Yeah. Actually, we um, should uh, make this one of the songs. My songs um, are pivoting now. I'm changing. <laughs> I'm changing in the moment. I'm going to change. Is that the song where she goes, you say, I say so yeah. all the time. So. so. <laughs> and what I thought, what is it? And then. I thought what we had was special, and then I thought what it would belong. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and now that that's, I am leaving. Yeah, that's, that's so that's good. Class, that is classic 90s. That's it. That's the first song. I'm pivoting. That's the song. But that was my first acknowledgement of music, really music that I really like that made me feel something. Mm. But it was also, it's like, but what was interesting about that is my sister, my older sister, she actually has a different dad. So my mum had, my mum had, her first marriage yeah. and then she never got didn't get married to my dad until I was like 18 or 19 or 20 I can't remember now and then um so yeah and then she had three kids with him but my sister was a bit she was she was sort of there was some trouble she was having some teen troubles at the <laughs> time and then I think it wasn't long after she was having some big teen troubles there was like she I, don't, I think my parents were just – I remember they just kept giving me positive feedback. They just kept being like, Paishi, this is such good music, you know, because they were really concerned because my sister was listening to a lot of Nirvana and oh. Run DMC. Oh, and they were shit. just like, she's off the rails. Oh, shit. But she kind yeah. of – she was off the rails. I don't know when <laughs> – I actually should – I really would love to ask my sister this. But my sister had a heroin addiction for many years. And, and you know what's really funny is – I remember when my mum took her to the doctor when she first sort of admitted this, she said to the doctor, hey, the doctor was like weed. And she's like, no, no, I can't handle that shit. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, like ecstasy, yes. Cocaine, yes. (laughs) You know, methamphetamines, you bet. Heroin, absolutely. Weed, no way. I do not touch marijuana. I cannot handle marijuana. So, I mean, that's just the theme of the night, right? None of us can... Totally. <laughs> can handle marijuana. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and they just kept giving me positive feedback because I think they really – it was like that, you know, throwback from the 1950s, rock and roll's going to kill you. You wow. know, rock and roll's the devil. Yeah. So I really chased <laughs> – I really chased like female singer, you know, like low-tempo female singer-songwriters. But, sorry, music really kicked in for me though when I became friends with John Nalana because they yes. used to make me mixtapes. Okay. And they used to send them out to me. Oh, just Triple J stuff, you know. But I remember the one that blew my mind or the one I loved the most that was like, it was like Pearl Jam's Evolution. Oh, wow. Okay. I would never have guessed that. 
And I was like, what is this song? You know, I'd been really sheltered, obviously, because my parents are like, no rock and roll for you. And then John and Alana come in and they're like playing me Pearl Jam. And I was like, this song's really frenetic. Like, you know, and Electricity by... Um, electricity you know by our so, friends something for Kate something for Kate <laughs> yeah yeah awesome and so these like frenetic high energy you know mm. sort of rock songs and then I was obsessed with you guys fuck in high school my god like you okay this there was this boy I used to sit next to in um science class I had the biggest crush on him his name was Michael he had such white teeth <laughs> and that this is what we bonded over was you know your first two albums wow. and which is so funny for me because you would have been a teenager at the same time and I'm a teenager and I was you know you had been maybe fractionally older than me potentially well, you might have left high school at this stage I don't know maybe you okay. didn't well hang on how old are you 37. I'm 37. I'm 43, six years. Oh, right. So you've got – so, yeah, I was like right in the throat. I was still in high school. You probably just, you know, just left. And yeah. I was like – like that was what we came together with. And I was like, Jebediah will bring Michael and I together. He will <laughs> be my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it never happened. But, you, I mean – that, that was like we had common ground. We had common ground. We'd share your CD. We'd just like talk about how much we loved you. You guys were the first band that I ever saw live playing at um, – what was the name of the place? It used to be called The Arena and I can't remember oh, yeah. um, what it was called before then. I and just remember it being The Arena. I don't remember Yeah, maybe it's just that. The Arena. Maybe it's yeah. The Arena. And there was like – you were supported by a band called Gar- maybe Garage Days or something, or and it was yeah. like female. A female was singing, and it was a matinee performance because I had to come out from Maclay Island, and um, so it was an all ages show or something. All ages show in the afternoon. Yeah. It blew my mind, and oh, I was, okay. um, was crossing like, the street. At was the, the opening Valley. band was the opening band Sugar Child and the middle band Garage Land? <laughs> yes. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, okay. your brain is good. 19, Holy uh, shit. Well, you know, it's hanging in there. Um, 99, I reckon. Yeah. That would have been yeah. when we... Yes. I was grade 11. Okay. It was the best. It was the best. It was so... You know, I loved it. I Because I came out from a clay island, so it was like... It was good. It was a good journey. Caught the bus. Went over. Loved it. Went with my friend Miranda and a few other people. Best time. First band, first like real band that I ever that's saw. That's amazing. Like, oh my God. Yep. That's incredible. But I was crossing the street and you <laughs> and Chris were crossing at the same time. And of okay. course, I, like, I loved Chris. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I mean, have you seen the skin on that dude? Very cute. The fucking skin on that guy. <laughs> I mean, perfection. Blemish free. The skin on that dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm like, how does a human being even have that skin? I remember he was standing at the lights and I was, and that's what I remember thinking. I was 16. I was like, I was like, look at the fucking skin on that guy. Shit. That's smooth. That's like it's the skin of a toddler. I can remember like being at a gig, right? And I can actually remember like um, walking across the road with Chris and this girl came rushing over to us, just like threw her arm out, pushed me onto the ground. And just started like talking to Chris about how much she loved him, and I was like, got myself up off the ground and like going, "What the hell just it just happened? It was you." <laughs> no, it 
<laughs> I don't even know if that's a real memory or not. This is really confusing my brain. <laughs> I'm like, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. For somebody who has not done any drugs. That's totally made up. Fuck. I just really. Part of me was like, I know I never would have done that, but I'm like, maybe. I'm like, maybe some other crazy girl did that. And I just took the, you know, and I just. I witnessed it. Maybe I witnessed it. No, I remember you were walking into the valley. It was great. We were just at that crossing. It was great. It was the best. So good. And then I went back to. Maclay Island and I was like seeing I had my first boyfriend at the time his name was Danilo and I called him from the payphone of the Maclay Island Redland Bay Marina even though he lived on the same street like I called him so I was like hey and I was like do you want to come say hi and he was like no I can't which makes sense because we we're in grade 11 or whatever but I remember <coughs> this is so bad I was like that's a nail in the coffin for that guy like, <laughs> I remember at the time I was like I'm like done what's that sorry you're not gonna come say hi to me even though I'm literally 100 meters from your house see ya Bye. Like I'm out. He was a really nice boy. He was a good boy. <laughs> All right, stop. Um, stop talking about boys, patients. Enough talking about boys. <laughs> I'm like I'm in grade eight again. He was a good guy. All right, He's let's move. Guy. Let's move on to songs. I want to know um, what. No, that's uh, it. I really want to choose Lisa Loeb as. That you were, song. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go start with Lisa Loeb? Because um, that was my well. Because that that gets that gets me into Jeb's. What's well, hang on? You what's know, the name of the, what's the name of the Lisa Loeb song? Is it called Stay? It's yep. Or is that um, is that am I remembering that right? Is it you say? Yeah, no, no. Oh, she goes you Stay. No, yeah. it's called Stay. It's called Stay. It's it called from stay? the Reality Bites soundtrack. Yes. Um, I'm just going to quickly uh, look at my laptop and see what the name of yes. that song is. I um, love that. This is how organised I am with you. <laughs> Oh, I love that you like prepared a list of three songs and then on the spot decided to change them. I love I, I love that. Stay. It's okay, so it's called Stay in brackets I missed you. So stay in brackets I missed you. You say the only hear what I want to. You say I only hear what I want to. Say, I talk so all the time. So, and I thought what I felt was simple, and I thought that I don't belong. And now that I am leaving, now I know that I did something wrong because I missed you. Yeah, yeah, I missed you. Some others have a room we weep for the other who was dying since the day. 
that's the line I always no, I don't remember. What t- I, what I thought what we had was special. I know, I know. I could go on. I really think I know all the lyrics to that song. I, yeah, it was a big deal for me. I listened to it on repeat, and I didn't even know what she's doing these days. That that no, Lisa, Lisa Loeb. I used to call her yeah. Lisa Loeb, but I think it's actually Lisa Loeb. Lisa Loeb. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. What do you think that it was about that song at the time that you heard it that struck a chord for you? It's the good girlness. Oh, no, because it, it was beautiful and it's catchy. It was a massive hit. And then teamed with the continual positive reinforcement from my parents for listening to you know, <laughs> decent right. good girl music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, how could I not? I'm like, I'm a good girl. <laughs> I mean, I think like she also too represented, you know, like, and I, I mean, I guess this was a recurrent theme of a lot of the alternative music at that time, but she did represent a bit of a kind of antidote to your mainstream kind of female pop star, right? You know, she had glasses. She got quite bookish, quite a bookish kind of look. And she was, you know, singing this kind of soft, vulnerable song. Um, So it was a bit of a kind of contrast to, you know, the big brash kind of female pop stuff. And, And I guess that, you know, like I said that in some ways does kind of describe a lot of what was going on in alternative music in the 90s. But, um, but yeah, she was definitely, I think she was kind of reaching out to kids and particularly girls who probably felt a little bit like they weren't in the fucking cool gang. I love it. You've never, no one's ever, I've had it explained to me and that was me. I'm not trying to Thank explain you. it. I, I'm just, no, I'm just I workshopping. It, I'm, I, I'm riffing. I'm riffing. <laughs> I love the riff. I think you hit. I think the chord's beautiful, and you nailed it. It was. That's exactly it. I feel like that's what I was as like a young girl as well. Like I knew I was a little bit different. I was never going to be one of those popular girls. I mean, particularly growing up with such a huge, large, visible birthmark, it was like, ah, eh, you're just a little bit different. But um. Mm. You know, and it was and her with her glasses, absolutely. They were big, thick glasses. <laughs> they she were, made yeah. Them cool. Well, I'm, it's only because yeah. I'm looking at this sort of screenshot of her, the video for that song, and I can see her with her glasses and um, Coke bottles, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, whatever happened to Lisa Loeb? Well, look, you know, that's something that listeners can um, jump on Wikipedia and that's find right. out. All right, um, you so can find that out. So, are we still working on a theme for these three songs, or what? what what's another song that you want to throw out, throw out there? Okay, okay. I so now I'm going to jump forward in time. So the okay. separations happen, yes. and that's like a you know that's a huge thing. But you've got your eight points, and <laughs> you know it was it is it's a weird. It that's a that was a weird thing. That was a big thing. So the song that I would like to choose, yeah, is um. Okay, so after the separation, I found out about this. Well, I didn't ever realise that the, you know, like um, Christine Arnoux's song, My Island Home. Yes, I did. I never knew it was a cover. Okay. I never knew it was a Warumpi band. Yes. They wrote it and I didn't know that. No, well, most and people wouldn't. I Yeah, I only found that out a few years ago. I, I think that's pretty, yeah, pretty normal. I think like the cover... Her cover is so well known that it's, yes. you know, easy to assume that it, yeah. Anyway, go on. So, yeah, well, so I always felt this, like, I loved 
my island home, particularly because I was growing up on an island. Yes. Like I felt good. like this is like my theme song, my island home, you know. Six years I've lived in the city Every night I dream of the sea They say home is where you find it Will this place ever satisfy me? For I come from the salt water people We always live by the sea Now I'm down here living in the city With all of my family and my I got to see her at the, like she hosted um, Women in Music Awards a few years ago in Brisbane and I loved it. I had the actual best time, which is paradoxically, you know, different to a lot of other, because it went for like, it went went over time some ridiculous amount, you know, (laughs) like it was like one of those award shows that, you know, it's booked for two hours and it goes for four. Just went. Uh, it was the longest night. Uh, ever. That sounds, so long. That sounds it hard. It was two years ago. I know it sounds yeah. hard to every single other person except for me for some reason. <laughs> I remember it as like the greatest night. I don't know how this happened, but my friend bought us all tickets and we got front row and center. And it made a big difference. If I would have been back row, I'd probably been bored as shit. Front row and centre, I was like, I just loved everything. And I was so proud. It was all women. It was great. And Christine Anu hosted with Katie Noonan. And it was awesome. She's a badass. She's just amazing. And I I think there was like, she had another song that I can't remember. But yeah, I really didn't. I only really just know My Island Home from growing up on Maclay Island, which was, you know, a real interesting experience for me as well. Just... And I loved it. Mm. Every So to get to school from Maclay, I used to have to catch a bus in the morning, then a ferry. And then for the first year, it was just a bus and a ferry and a bus. And then every other year after that, it was bus, ferry, bus, bus, because another high school opened up. <laughs> so to transfer buses at this other place. So it was, I mean, it was hectic. It was kind of, you know, it was a full-on situation. And but but that song like, that song spoke to your, you know, like I, I find it really interesting that you know a song like this, you know, and this happens all the time with songs like um, that is you know written about um, you know island home. I, I'm pretty sure the song's being written about Australia. I Australia, think. yeah. Um, but your experience of living on a tiny little island. 
it kind of connected to you on that level. It connected to me on that level and then it connected. It was weird because then I guess when I found out it was by Warumpi Band, it was, it was just such a difficult time in my life. Mm. And I mean, there's still ongoing difficulties like associated with like this, you know, separating after so many years. But it was like it was the, the real acute aftermath of the separation. And it was right in the middle of lockdown. And I just, I mean, I was lonely and I didn't know what to do. And I'd never spent time away from my kids before. And then, you know, I sort of started, like, I just didn't know what to do with myself. And I I read this book called Breaking Upwards. I did it like straight away. I was like, I need to read a book on divorce on just how do, how do I navigate this? I don't that's, know what I'm doing. That's an awesome that's, title for a book. Just be, Yeah, uh, Breaking Upwards. Just um, because I don't, just for the benefit of uh, <laughs> listeners, because I don't think it's made clear, when you're talking about the yeah. separation, you're talking about... With John. Yes, okay. Because I just, yes. I, and I don't want you to, you know, feel like you need to go into any detail about that. I just, so people understand what you're talking about when you yes, talk totally. about separation. Yes, totally. We've got to yeah. clarify. We've got to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so like separating with John right at the start of lockdown. So a lot of people did it sort of in the middle of lockdown. <laughs> don't know. It was like, ours happened like two was, weeks before no, lockdown it was, started. It was, well, no, but that was, that's smart. I think it's smart too because a lot of people said to me, they were like, oh, fuck, like we've separated and locked down and we can't go anywhere. Can't do anything. Exactly. You're (laughs) fucked. (laughs) I got so many messages of people being like, we've split and we're still living in the same house. And it's like, wow, that's hectic. No, we're living in two different houses at this stage and we're on, you know, full lockdown and at least, you know, in – you know, benefit for the kids. I guess as much as it was hard for them going to a new house initially, at least they got to go somewhere once a week or yeah. twice a week when they went. It was like, okay, well, you get an extra, you're going somewhere, you know, different than just being at home with mum all the time who's yeah. attempting to do schoolwork because, geez, I mean, what I spoke to somebody once and they were like, oh, you know, I can only do three hours every day. And I was like, I'm, and this kid's in prep also. And I was like, I am. I feel like we're having a good day if I get thirty minutes done. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like you're doing three hours of prep. Three hours what? for prep sounds like a lot. My my kids sounds are extreme in grade one and grade three, and yeah, we 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 did about three hours a day. This is homeschooling <sighs> we talk about. So um, yeah. we did. Yeah, we would average about three hours a day for both of them. You did well. I, I reckon thirty minutes, I, I, and then and then I, I was think like, three hours for prep is way too much. Yeah, I was like, let's do science now. We're going to bake. You know, we're going <laughs> in the backyard. We kept borrowing dogs from neighbors and stuff. I mean, it was, you know, trying to be really, you know, social distancing, but also borrowing people's pets, which is totally breaking the rules. But I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> we had to do it. But yeah, I was like, I just didn't know what to do with myself. So then I. And I was so lonely and I think everyone just reacts. It's really funny. Everyone reacts differently to, you know, separation and breakup and divorce. Yeah. And I think because I'm an extrovert, oh, I, I like craved company. Yeah. I was yeah. – oh, I just craved company. Yeah. And – And it's not the kind it – like it's hard, you know, kids, you know, don't – fill that void do they 
No, no. And then, but also, all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I had nights without children. So, right, yeah. I just like did some. I was, I was. That was it. I listened to Breaking Upwards, and then I started. I was just like, I just got back in the middle of like a lockdown. I was like talking to people and just started. That was it. I started like rebound flirting hard. And, <laughs> and, and it's one of those things where I saw it. I was Googling it at the time and I was like, what do uh, I always, you know, I feel like the, you know, the idea of rebound is that it's bad. And mm. I was like. Like, well, it has, it has inherent negative connotations. Totally. But I also live by the saying, which is I can't think myself into doing better. I can only do do myself yeah. into doing better. Yeah, and yeah. I just needed to do an action of yeah. doing that makes at sense. the time. Yeah. And it was so strange. Like it was so weird and vulnerable putting myself like on a dating app. And oh, wow. yeah. it was it was hectic. And I did like I went on a couple of dates and I did them all in the daytime because like I'm such a prude. And um and it was just like interesting experience. Actually, I had really good experiences like doing my rebound dating because I don't know. It got me. Oh, and that was actually after the restrictions. I only actually met up with anyone in mm. person after the Queensland restrictions got lifted. I mean, our restrictions lifted so much sooner than you guys did. Yeah. Like I yeah. would go to the bowls club. But yeah, there was this like a friend of mine who I started chatting to during the lockdown. And it was, I don't know, it was really, really good and so helpful. Yeah. And he was the one who brought to my attention that Warumpi Band first did mm. this song. And then right. when I think about that time in my life, like when I think about those early days of separation, how hard it was and trying to navigate how to feel better and running away from feelings and doing all that stuff, really it coincides with Warumpi Band's version because it gets mm. so big as well. It's like a really – it's tender and it's gorgeous and it gets really mm. uplifting at the end. And it's – I mean, Christina Arnu's version is like super pop. And yeah, it's a pop. Yeah. yeah, it's really pop and it's amazing and it's it's really fun to listen to. And then it's – and then like the original – I don't know. It's just so it's different. Like a hymn. It's like a hymn. It's, it's like um, a hymn. It's like a hymn. It is. And I think that's a, a, a really good um, example of a great song is that you it's that it can be expressed in different ways and still, um, you know, affect people. You know, like a, a song that yes. can be written with a certain kind of feeling or intent and somebody can reimagine it and make it even more popular, I think is testament to the quality of the song yeah yeah that absolutely i mean there is a there's quite a few great songs that the second you translate to acoustic guitar not so good (laughs) (laughs) all right let's go next song so great next song pay let's go okay next song next song is i want to have i want to choose now moving on i'd like to choose laser tits self-care Something to do when I can't get warm Something to do 
this is a Melbourne band. All girls. So what are they called? Laser. Laser tits. One word. Laser tits. Yep. And the name of the song is indeed <laughs> self care. And <laughs> I wonder if you will be able to guess where this is going. Oh no, I I think I have an idea. You, I you think know, you have an idea I, too. I think an so, I, I have an idea. I'm going to um, I'm going to you know be gentlemanly and. Okay, and so the opening line is masturbation is the new meditation. Yeah. Well, you know. That's this is how this is how the song opens. So this um this is like the the newest phase in being, you know, my single mumness is that the the new rebound is trying is is like just sex toys basically. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's just like I'm this 37. It's, but I mean, look, this, I'll admit, you know, this is an area that I, I am not uh, well versed in, but I'm very keen to learn. It's not our generation. I'm very keen to learn. Can I tell learn. you, it's not our generation, Kevin. Like, we've grown up having sex just like a penis and vagina, like maybe mm. oral sex, like that's it. You know, it's very, it's very classic. It's like, mm. the, it's the, but even, I'm sure they were doing more, like, I mean, if you watch any like period TV shows, they're having way more anal sex than anybody that I know that's like grown up in the nineties, you know? Like they're all doing it in the butt. I feel like we sort of we sort of came out of like it all got shunned in the fifties and then slowly we're we're coming back through. I just yeah, love right. it. It's just like this band of four chicks and and it was actually like and like a, a friend of mine who was just like are you serious? You have to get a vibrator now. Like, you just have to do it. You need to go get one. You are a single mum. Like, you're a single lady. Like, you got to do it. Plus, there's like the whole thing. It's like weird. It's like so mixed up, I think, when you're single. Um, this, like, you know, yearning is complicated. And the nice thing about yearning that I feel about yearning is that yearning is a forward motion. You know, that's the one thing, as painful as yearning can be, I feel like I, I translate yearning as not being, you know, stagnant. Sure. Yeah, yearning sort yeah. of encourages you to leave the house. Absolutely. And I'm all about that. Yeah. Like, you've got to do better. You can't think, you can't just sit around all day trying to think myself yeah. into feeling better. I'm going to have to do, I've got to be active and do actions. And um, so that's, but it, then it's also very complicated just like with like, having sex or in a relationship particularly after you've been in a relationship for so many years and I just immediately found myself just desperately wanting to be in a like solid monogamous relationship again and that's a really hard thing to do it's not easy every and I knew this from the start I remember like the first time you know a boyfriend and my like uh, my first like big relationship boyfriend and I broke up I was like I remember I just kept walking around to people going, I just couldn't imagine that it would hurt this much. Like this is why you stay together even if the relationship sucks because this pain, nothing, no average mediocre or bad relationship is worth the pain that I'm feeling, you know, right now. But that's skewed because that was my first, you know, heartbreak. So not really. That first one, I think when you're younger, whew, She's a doozy, very yeah. savage. It's a brutal one. Yeah. And um, you get older and you can, you know, metabolize things differently. But, um, yeah, 
this, I've just, I've pulled, just my, I've pulled myself another drink just to <laughs> yeah please pour yourself another drink please do but he was like you just got it. and he he gave me he was sending me this stuff I don't know if it was like his ex-girlfriend used one I don't know but he was like this is what you have to get and it's ginormous it's humongous I've never seen anything like it. Another friend of mine dropped around this like baby vibrator. It's like, I'm sorry, that sounds terrible. It's small. She dropped around a very tiny. Probably a bad vibrator. name. Yeah, it's a bad name. For bad it. name. That was me. That was like me just trying to be like the size of it. It's teeny yeah, tiny. Yeah, I, I understand. She dropped this teeny tiny thing around, and so. So without without wanting like, to endorse without wanting yes. to endorse products, but this is an area yeah. of the podcast that we've never delved into before. I, I would love to discuss. Um, yeah. So you know, if there's any, I'm sure there might be people listening who would be interested to hear what products you might recommend. Um, well, I'll tell you the range that I have at the moment, Kevin. I mean, it's almost uh, Black Friday, so this is the time to buy, or you know, or it's still <laughs> newly Black Friday. Um, <laughs> So in the end, I ended up going with, like, I got this crazy thing that's like the, it's so it's internal and clitoris at the same time. And that's a bit intense. And I'm going to tell you, it feels, okay, have you watched much Harry Potter? Yes, my kids yeah, okay. adore Harry Potter. Okay. So do you know in the later episodes when they take a memory out of somebody's head, like yes. Dumbledore, you know, that little slither of like silver wisp? Yeah, I think there's like so. like he waves his wand and he takes a memory out of like, um, yeah. you know, somebody's ear and then they drop it in that pool and then you get to watch it. Yes. Okay. This thing is so extreme that any time that I orgasm, it feels Holy like shit. the machine is <laughs> sucking a little bit of silver out of me. Oh my god! Like I'm, it's like I'm like ah ah like you know just like needing to turn it off immediately. It's intense. Wow. Very wow. intense. And, and then I end up getting like, I want it to be really environmentally friendly. So I got like a glass dildo, which I find more funny if you call a dildong. So I like right. to refer to it as a dildong. Do oh, you, the or, dildong. Or, or you could give it a name, like just a name. Barry. I'm not, I'm not one of those people. You know how people like name vibrators in cars and I'm like, yeah. nut. My that car just shows, doesn't have a name. I'm just showing up my inexperience in these matters. Yes, totally. No, no, no. Everyone does, except for me. I'm just like, nah, it's just yeah. the glass dildong. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I want to laugh at it. But I am going to say that me trying to be, like, environmentally friendly, and I also wanted something that was attractive. I didn't want to have, like, a gross-looking dildo. No. No i got to be honest. No I was one like, wants give that. it to me. No, no one, one wants, wants it. I want it to be aesthetically pleasing. Of there's you there's do. a lot, and they've got pearls moving around them, and there seems like there's a lot going on. And I was like, no, I just need something very beautiful that I could, you know, that you could almost have on display, basically. Yeah, that's right. You could, you could, however, stick, you could stick it on a shelf in your home, and <laughs> people would just be like, that's a beautiful sculpture. That's and- a beautiful sculpture. It's got so many flecks <laughs> of gold through it. What is that? looks like a tentacle and i'm like well very close um that does have some tentacle qualities i will admit that i don't know why so many like dildos look like they've got suck like they look like tentacles so many of them look like tentacles particularly class ones that was a little bit spooky for me i was like it's really beautiful very aesthetically pleasing but also the tentacle nature of it well i'm just going to go with it because this is the best that i can sort of you know go with at this at this minute of looking around very firm okay glass a lot of people are scared of glass it's made Mm. of very very 
glass. You know, hard glass. It's not going to smash. <laughs> but I don't know if I'd recommend it unless you're experienced. I think you have to start silicon. You've got to start soft. I don't know what I was yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, Who did I yeah. think I was getting a glass dildong? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not at that level. Maybe, I don't have um, a black belt in masturbating. No, I'm like fresh out of fucking school. I need a... You know, out, uh, fresh out of marriage. I need a. I need something small. The glass one you can heat up or make cold. So there's that benefit. You know, they call it the professionals call it temperature play. They call you know, it what? They're all the- about. They call. You know, they're all like, "Ooh, this one's good for temperature play." So, <laughs> really funny. Holy <laughs> moly! Like, I know Ooh. the professionals. There's so much going on. Holy and then, shit! Okay. I got this like little tiny thing and it, again, very aesthetically pleasing, lots of good reviews. But the problem with being a musician is that it's got 11 modes, okay? And, <laughs> I'm glad okay. you bring it back to music. Yeah, so okay. if you Outside turn it up to 11, fact, it's... No, no, I <laughs> so know. So this one goes Outside. up to 11. <laughs> this is the one that it goes, it does, it goes up to 11. This is Because <laughs> all the no, others only it, go up to 10. But this one goes up to 11, see? Up to 11, ladies. You know, but that, that's sort of it. Okay, it's too much. That one I'm giving away. I've already been looking. I'm like, does anyone want this vibrator? I've tried it. Well, I can't it. do it. It's too you, much. Yeah, right. But you can't sell secondhand vibrators, No, you can't surely. sell them. No. no. And you know what? You probably can't even share them. But I was like, honestly... You We've got a can I'm in like, an intimate environment, but I'm like, just take it, please, somebody who's into this because I can't. This is the main reason. One, not only again is it like, it's made me understand with these vibrators that they're all really powerful, and I feel like sometimes what I need is a feather attached to a string that's stuck to a metronome hanging from the roof. Like that is my level, <laughs> you wow. know. And instead, what I have is this thing that's like. <laughs> And it's yeah, it's a just, lot like a jackhammer. But you don't, yeah. it's a jackhammer. But want, this is the problem from a musical perspective. Some people love jackhammers; they're really into them. Sure. Just I'm still baseline. It's the sound. It's the melodies because yeah. it's like a crude, aesthetically pleasing, sure, but very crude, like vibrator. It goes mm. like it has these melod- It has these settings that you know it changes patterns. But for the musical ear, all I can hear is a melody. What's it's the, like, what would what it's would like, be the um what would be the the band like if you were to uh, if there was a band that expressed that what band would it be? It's it's like I'm trying to think. I don't know, but it sounds like it goes like. It's regurgitator. It's regurgitator. It's regurgitator. Oh my god, it is. Another one's like. It's regurgitator. Oh my god, Quan and Ben would be so happy to know that. It's fucking regurgitator. It is them. I'm going to send it to Quan. Literally. I'm giving it to Quan. Yep. It's regurgitator. <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. Well, that's them. But it's too musical for me. I cannot – I can't – it's like it's – I'm like, I can't stop hearing the melody of this thing. And this is – so that's my problem with that one. The melody <laughs> turns out I've got very high standards. Um, and then what else? What else did I go? I just, I just went straight up a butt plug, which also seems – 
Now, the butt plug has been the thing that most people are interested in talking about. Yeah, which I well, love. Yeah, I'm not. I love t- that. And I'll be, I'll be straight out honest here, patients. Um, so, how exactly does the butt plug work? As I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure how that even works. I think for a long time, me included, I thought butt plugs were just for gay dudes. I was like, okay, you're like a homosexual gay dude, and you wear a butt plug and like this i'm gonna say also is just like totally incorrect i thought butt plugs it's like after you've been like having this like lifetime of amazing anal sex the you know your rectum gets a little bit weak so sometimes poo leaks out so you actually have to put a plug in to stop the poo Uh, ah that was that's not that's what i thought Okay, right. Um, but so that's I, not but it. Somebody told me that. That is actually a real thing. So people do. That can be something that happens, but it's not very common. Like it's not, you know, that's not why you wear them. You wear them. Oh, actually, I need to tell you this. So I have this, I've got a, I've got a, I live with all really old neighbors. I am not kidding. I don't know how this happened, but like my 75 year old neighbor the other day, told me he told me, I don't because oh because we've got a gay couple that moved into the street this is why this subject came up and he was saying something like oh you know like um gay guys only do one extra thing compared to everybody else and like you know lesbians and I was like really do they because I reckon I reckon lesbians can do it and homosexuals I think anyone can have anal sex and he was like but then it like opened him up and then he told me, he, this is the most beautiful thing. He was like, you know what? As much, I've always worshipped women's bodies. I, I, I've kissed so many fannies, patients. I've kissed millions. <laughs> I've kissed millions, I've kissed wow. millions of fannies. That's good what he said. I was like, and I said, well, I said, good for them. Well done. I said, they, yes. I'm so glad that I'm talking to this 75-year-old guy who comes from this generation <laughs> where I figured there was like no fanny kissing. And I was like, good on you. You know, you've really made a lot of people happy. That's great. And then he went, well, and you can get a nice washcloth and, you know, go to the other place and make sure it's nice and warm. Give it a wash down with the washcloth. And if you know what you're doing, they will have orgasms. And they do. Wow. And I thought, that's amazing. You- Again... I really I thanked him for your sharing and that I told him I was really impressed. And That's, I'm so glad that he's been able to have those experiences with people. Yeah. But yes, I've since learned <laughs> that women can even have orgasms in the butt from butt alone. <laughs> Not just dudes, even though we don't have like a prostate. But it's the it's the actual shaft of your butt. If you I don't know what it's like for a dude, but it's actually like the tunnel of the butt, like the you know the the shaft, I guess, of the butt. That is the bit that feels nice. How strange! That is the area that the pleasure exists in. Very interesting. <laughs> very new. I'm just like oh, and then immediately I was like, great. I'm getting. I'm getting this butt plug that's got a flower on the end it's going to be gorgeous but again i went glass which just seems like an insane thing to do anyway like do not start at glass people but it's and it is a very strong it's like an amazing thing hang on patience one sec one sec 
Hey, Kristen. What it, <laughs> my, yeah. my wife. My wife has just walked in at a very opportune time. Yeah. What? What, what is it, darling? You, you, you won't. You just will never imagine what, uh, what patience and I are talking about. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, do you wanna, I can't hear anything. Do you want to put? Oh, here, I'll give you a little, a little earbud. Yeah. Can you hear? Uh, Kristen is Hello. here. Patience, my wife. Uh, Hello. Yes. This Hello, is amazing. Patience. How are you? I was. I am so good. I am so good. I am so happy to be here talking to you on the phone, <laughs> talking to both of you, because the last song of the night for me in this podcast was "Self Care" by a band called Laser Tits, yes. because that's which is all to do with masturbating, and that's where I am at <laughs> in my life right now. <laughs> and we are ending. We are ending on the end. We've gone to we the are, rear end. Yes. Yeah, like oh. it's yeah. We've literally um, ended with the end. We've ended on a, on a highly, highly charged sexual note. Which you know, I really appreciate you bringing that to the podcast because I must say that in the podcast we've never really <laughs> talked about dildos or butt plugs or any of those kind of things before. And Kristen. I also haven't and been part of it yet. But um, Lily Allen was wasn't she? Is she doing an ad for, or she was promoting um, something to do with masturbation? <laughs> yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's yeah. got her own vibrator, and it's called. So she's got the Lily Allen Womanizer. Oh my so god, she's got okay. her own All right. one. So, so wow. So has anybody that we know tried that? <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I mean, I thought about it a few times. I was like, because I quite like, you know, I like Lily Allen's positive sex stance, but I've got enough at the moment. It's like I can't afford anymore. I really, I really just like bought out the shop. I bought out the shop and was like, okay, where do I begin? And I went, I went down. I was, I mean, my my eyes were too big for my vagina, basically, you know. <laughs> Because I went down a glass end. I went down the glass route and I, I can't recommend it, honestly. But, I mean, it's been good. It's still fun. It's still explorative. And I will say that I do think that every woman could really do with the butt plug. Seriously. <laughs> I would just love to pitch this to you right now. I say get one in. And this is what I love the most about it is it's set and forget. You know, like any good oh, sand I love a good set and forget. A set and forget. You know, this is what I always think is <laughs> so funny. Man. Like, this, like, totally set and forget. I'm like, you've still got your whole body, you know, happening. And that one, it's just like, pop it in and then just go about your business. And yeah. it's different. Yeah, wow. All right, I, it's I, a I, totally I, different experience. <laughs> and, I reckon, you know, I'll Kev, ha- you could put one in. <laughs> Get one for yourself as well. I mean, just We imagine. need to, um, I think what we need to do is start a new podcast it, it can be called Bobcast After Dark. <laughs> after Dark, yes, yes. Bobcast I keep after thinking dark. that. I keep having these fantasies where I'm like, oh, I should really talk to – I really should just talk to everyone about all of these things that I'm trying now because I've made so many – I've made so many mistakes, particularly choosing the glass toys. Yeah. <laughs> Problematic. <laughs> Not so great. I mean, could you imagine – I made so many mistakes. I tried using two glass toys at the same time. So, Ooh. and there's a lot of, you know what that is? It's just like, there's a lot of clinking. No one yeah, wants that. Yeah, that's, 
that's, that's like, that not going to work. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a toasting. You know, there's like what do you think when you hear of the clinking of glass? It's normally like a very celebratory. Like here we are cheersing one another. No, this was like clinking in all of the wrong ways. And I was like, I'm. I'm going to end up in the emergency room. I'm. This is. Uh, I'm yeah. putting a stop to this. <laughs> putting a stop to this patient. Well, speaking of now. speaking of putting a stop to this patient, I'm, I'm getting quite. <laughs> I, I'm getting feeling quite hot and flustered and sweaty at the moment, and um, <laughs> and we have been talking for uh, well over an hour, so I'm going to call Perfect. time on this. But this has I been a, this has been do. a special podcast because not only have we talked about sex for the first time, but uh, this is the first time that my wife Kristen has appeared on the podcast. So there you go. And we've decided that we're going to have a spin-off about <laughs> <laughs> podcast after dark. Yeah, after dark. <laughs> And I'll, I'll, I'll be involved in that. I'll troll out some Lily Allen things and get back to you. <laughs> I, you know, I actually, because I love, I do, I listen to a couple of podcasts. I love podcasts, you know, directed by couples. I think this would, After Dark's great. I okay. love it. I'm All into right. it. You guys are let's, amazing. Let's make it happen. Let's yeah, work on it. Yeah, we can do that. We can do it. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks, Pay. I'm not going to. I'm not going to see you till 2021. So happy yep. New Year, and you let's too. try to keep most of what happened in 2020 in 2020. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's leave 2020 behind us and good, good things. 2020. The glass dildongs. 2021 is going to be an amazing year. Uh, thanks so much for being part of this, Pay. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, I loved it. Thanks. See ya. <laughs> You're a legend. Bye.